Good morning. My name is Jay Rosenthal. I'm the co-founder and president of the Business of Cannabis. This is BFC Live for Friday, June 19th, 2020. We're in the midst of large-scale social change for the better. Please get involved in your local community to push for change. This week, we encourage you to say the name Richard Brooks. As well, today is Juneteenth. Juneteenth is the commemoration of the ending of slavery in the United States, dating back to 1865. It was on June 19th, 1865, where news reached Galveston, Texas, that slaves were free. Note, that was a two full years after the Emancipation Proclamation was signed by Abraham Lincoln. BFC Live is a video and podcast production of the Business of Cannabis since 2017 through our web, social, video, and podcast channels, as well as real-world and virtual events. We've highlighted the companies, brands, people, and trends driving the global cannabis industry. We encourage you to explore all that we do at businessofcannabis.ca. As a reminder, all BFC Live episodes are available via podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Remember to subscribe and rate this podcast when you get there. It helps us do what we do. Coming up in a few moments, a cannabis insurance deep dive with Mert Guler of uh, Pervez Redmond Limited and Steven Scardello of USI talking about an MSO that they helped on the insurance front, saving over 70% on their insurance rate. Stay tuned for that. Later today, a lunch and learn with Neil Marota, the president and CEO of Indiva. We'll talk bang, chocolates, wana gummies, all things cannabis 2.0. There's still time to sign up again on our website. Next week, Monday, our Ask the Expert sessions on BFC Live with our friends from CanDelta. In the evening on Monday next week, we have a Cannabis Forward thanks to our Alberta friends and the sponsorship of Robic. We'll be talking supply chain, productivity, and revenue. Tune in for that, plus great networking opportunities as well. Tuesday, we'll be joined by Vitrina Group uh, talking about cannabis retail and what the first step in any cannabis retail journey should be from a retailer perspective. On Wednesday, we'll be joined by BDSA, as always, for our Wednesday insights from our friends at BDSA. On Thursday, Allison McMahon from Cannabis at Work will be with us. On Friday, we will have uh, the third in our Shopify Lunch and Learn series talking about omni-channel cannabis retail. We'll be joined by Robbie Madan, uh, the Senior VP and Chief Information Officer at Alcana. And he'll be talking about their e-commerce platform for Nova Cannabis. As always, follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, and on our website at businessofcannabis.ca. Thank you to our partners, Cannabis at Work, Cannabis Benchmarks, CanDelta, BDSA for their ongoing support of Business of Cannabis. And as always, we are protected by our partners at Alcit. Stay tuned for a conversation with Mert Guler of Pervez Redmond and Steven Scardello of USI. Enjoy that conversation and enjoy your weekend. Stay safe. Stephen and Mert, thanks for being here. Thanks a lot, Jay. We're going yeah, to be ta- we're going to be talking about everybody's favorite subject, and that is insurance. And I say that because um, I actually mean it. We've had a couple insurance-related conversations on business of cannabis. It actually piques everybody's interest because this is a challenging part of the sector. But before we get there, um, Stephen, you are in Arizona right now. Mert, you are here in Toronto. Uh, when I get the emails from you, they come from different URLs. You don't work for the same company, but you do work together. How did you guys meet? And then we'll get on from there. Steven, you go first. Well, I actually got a call from um, our Purvis Redmond, our partners in Canada. And I got a call from one of our colleagues saying, 
they've got a cannabis risk and would you talk to this guy? And I, and I, I said, absolutely. I've been doing this since 2013. I have several clients in the industry and I reached out and Mert and I kind of hit it off a little bit. He knew that I was serious and with, about my practice and trying to help the cannabis industry grow and protect their assets. And it kind of went from there. We met in New York and the rest has been, been great. What do you think, Mert? <laughs> Agreed. Uh, we were told Stevens, one of the top experts in the States, uh, top experts in cannabis, one of them, he's got an agriculture background. He's passionate and um, together over the years, uh, working together as a team on his side of the border and ours, we collectively now ensure five and a half million square feet of cultivation space, over a hundred dispensaries across nearly 20 states and across Canada all, all together as our uh, kind of cross-border cannabis crew. <laughs> I like that cross-border cannabis crew. It's it, maybe you should make up t-shirts. Um, I, I think that, yeah. <laughs> but, but I want to get into it because we've, um, the, uh, especially in the States, but, but here as well in, in Canada, um, it's a heavily regulated industry. That's challenging. It's relatively new. That's challenging. In the States, there are other challenges and problems in that it's not federally legal. Every state has their own requirements and regulations. Starting a business is always hard. How, how do you get at even the sort of first questions people are asking about what coverage they need and should have? And we'll go to you, Stephen, first, because when we talk to folks, it is generally not the first thing they think about, but where, whenever they start thinking about insurance, it becomes something that they don't understand and want to understand. It's about sort of clarity and cost and who can actually help them. Talk a little bit about how you sort of approach it and how you started, but then how you approach it now. Yeah, well, first you want to learn about your client um, and their operations. And the first step is really getting a database of what their assets are and just simplifying things. I mean, they have all of the money that they've spent. And, you know, you're right. We're typically the last person they call and it's always a rush. I have, you know, I'm, I'm constantly being, um, it's a good thing to be busy. I, I don't want to downplay that. This is a wonderful industry and I'm trying to help and do my best. And then you, you, once you have the database all together, you find an insurance play for it. And there's several different programs out there. There's, there's, there's some good competition out there. We've got some new carriers coming aboard and we, it's just about relationships. But again, I'll go back to the, what their risk is. And other than that, I, it's, it's a simple thing, but I, that's, I'm kind of. Yeah. And what, what are you finding? Because it is unpacking even what the risk is for the industry is a real challenge and, and how do you sort of approach it when you talk to folks for the first time? Yeah, you know, the, the first thing that comes to my mind, Jay, is um, when I started getting involved in cannabis, I met a lady at a, um, at a convention. She was from Colorado and she told me that the analogy she used was, we are writing the movie script on the way to the shoot. And I think I, we joked about that before and it's, it, it's so, it can't be more true, but that also is what I love about it. That's what makes it so exciting. Um, especially if you're an in insurance, you know, finding something that's interesting and exciting is a, is a good, is a good thing uh, for, for us. Um, and in particular, uh, Stephen and I have been collaborating primarily on U.S. U.S. risks, U.S. MSOs. Of course, I'm in Canada. So these are typically clients that have a Canadian, Canadian head office or some other sort of Canadian asset and connection. But the stuff that Stephen and I do together for those USOs, it's MSOs, it's so complicated, um, and and we we have a recent you know success story that Steve and I collaborated on and and went really well we think, but th their challenge was they these guys had like 
almost 10 states. They were in like nine states. They had 45 insurance policies. Um, it was almost like a half-time job. It was a part-time job for someone there to administer their, their insurance renewals and the applications and every, every insurer wanted a different application down there. How do you keep track of it? How do you keep your mind around all this? What if something falls between the cracks? Um, Steve and I were talking, if, if there was a claim, if that client of ours had a claim before we got involved and with their 45 policies in every state, um, and someone said, there's a claim, is it covered? They would say, I, I don't know, like, it's a guess, it's a guesswork. It, which state is it in? Uh, what are the policies? They, they would have no idea. We would have, no one would have any idea. So the first thing we wanted to do was start normalizing this because in any other part of insurance, you're not going to have a separate five different policies in each state. Well, also these guys have, you know, five different bank accounts in every state, right? Unfortunately, but we're insurance people. So we're focused on the insurance. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting because you, you think about sort of the one-off business and say it's a, a dispensary or retail operation that has sort of one level that people, can, I assume in the insurance industry can actually wrap their head around. When you add that there are dispensary and retail operations, there are agricultural operations, they are in a variety of states, they have, you know, they have security and they have transportation and they have agricultural facilities indoors and outdoors and they have crops and then they have inventory and they have buildings like that just every layer adds more complexity. Absolutely. And Stephen, when you think processing and retail, all of this. Yes. And so how do, how do you, cause we, we're going to show a visual here. Um, but, but like, how do you like help them understand what they have and what they could be get to and then create sort of the solutions for them, Stephen, like, is it a lot to wrap your head around? And then when they do are not, not, are they thankful, but, but they, do they get a better, they get better coverage, mitigate their risk better, over time sort of as an amalgamated sort of solution. Yeah, absolutely. And there's only one really good or right answer for an insured when there's a loss, it's covered. Because if it's not, you know, everybody's pointing fingers and things like that. So it's really, you just want to get your arms around what the risk is and make sure the insurance policy matches it. And with all these different policies, when you're accumulating everything together, you're going to get that buying power and rates are going to come down. But it's a good thing to get it just it's just everything working together so they know what's covered and then if there is a, t a loss i mean we've had a couple of instances with vandalism in the last uh, several weeks and some i i read somewhere on twitter oh that's not covered well no it is covered it's vandalism and it shouldn't happen but it did happen and and we're dealing with it and the insurance company's stepping up and paying the claim that's the most important and my firm at usi we've got claims advocate to help them through this process so we don't just Put them on an island and say here's an 800 number and call call it you know we we hold their hand and walk them through this process because it's a big deal i mean when you have a claim and someone's taken your property or destroyed it or, or theft or something like that it's a big deal and we take it seriously and we take ownership of it yeah it, it is it is um it, it's it's all of the things we talked about in terms of complexity in terms of heavily regulated industries a patchwork of regulations in which these operations are running from agricultural to sort of sale and dispensary the other part and, and i wonder how this factors in mert is that many of these companies are ramping up so quickly right they're going from a very small operation in startup mode to much bigger across state lines you know becoming larger msos not overnight but much closer to overnight than sort of a 20-year run so how does that factor into sort of how you think about um servicing them Oh, that's, that's a good question, Jay. Um, you know, we, we've seen a lot, we've learned from our experience and seen some other people make mistakes. Um, one of the big little tips that I always think of is 
um, in any startup industry, and we, I've been involved in junior mining and tech, um, the, the insurance companies ask questions because they want to see what your sort of total revenues are going to be and your total assets, your total uh, income and profit. If, if you provide projections of like sort of best in class, if you, or best case, if you show them your best case scenarios, um, they're going to, you know, unfortunately, you're going to be paying for something that you may not grow into. So the little things we do is be realistic, be honest and transparent, but be conservative and realistic with the, with the forecast and the numbers you give. Don't, don't misrepresent, of course, but be conservative because by shooting for the moon, you're going to be paying for the moon and you may not be growing into the moon. So also all these policies are adjustable at the end of, at the, end of the policy period. So they'll, they'll get the reality. Why, why pay upfront for something you don't need to? Um, so that's just one little tip that, that we've learned from experience. And we, we have clients that are in that growth mode and we have clients that are already at that, you know, eight, nine state MSO uh, phase. And in other industries, we have billion dollar clients in other industries all over the world. So we've learned through experience how to kind of help guide. We've got that big, big cap experience. We can help guide people into that from a governance, risk management and insurance perspective. Yeah. Um, Stephen, because you've been in this a long time, like what are, what are the trends to date that you've seen about these operators both growing and, and, and increasing their footprint, but, but where do you see over the next, I mean, six to eight months seems like a short time horizon, but I think it's going to feel like a really long time, both in the industry and, and the larger economy overall. But, but where do you see some of the challenges or some of the opportunities for these folks on the insurance side as the industry matures, uh, more states come online, the conversation around federal legalization in states, I think will begin to happen in earnest this fall. Like what, what do you see some of the impacts of that being uh, on the insurance front and for the companies you work with? No, that's a great question. I mean, I see that as a lot of people in the insurance industry right now know there's a hard market coming. It's already here. We're expecting um, several things to happen and occur over the next several months. Um, right now, commercial autos up, properties up. In the industry and in cannabis, we've already, those rates have already been kind of up. So I don't expect them to be quite as significant as other industries right now, which is a good thing. We've got other competition in there. So coverage is getting a little bit broader, which will help our clients out rather than pushing more exclusions on the policy, which is always a bad thing. So right now I see it kind of happening. And I also see that the, the biggest issue that we've got right now, obviously with COVID is the cash issue and the banking. We've got to get Congress and the senators together and hopefully fix this because now you have, you know, you've always heard the cash is kind of dirty. Well, if you can transmit disease by cash, what are we doing? We need banks. I mean, this is a big deal and we take it very seriously. And I hope people are listening and, and we just need to push further down that line to get banks. Yeah, it's so interesting. It's the, it's like a foundational issue, certainly for the industry in the States, that is banking. And if banking opened up, a whole variety of things open up, not only capital markets may open up in the States, but, but you know, it just, it adds, a, it adds the, maybe the most crucial layer to all the things we're talking about, be it insurance, being operating across state lines, being opening up capital markets and other investment avenues. So it is, th that's the one obviously we watch really closely from business of cannabis side, but, but it is the precursor to what may come later, right? Uh, sort of legalization uh, down the line, but banking will certainly come first. And Murdett, what about you thinking about sort of the next sort of six months to a year, like what kinds of trends are you, are you watching out for? Um, for the companies that you work with, both on the Canadian side and the U.S. side? Uh, it's, it's, it's very difficult for our clients. You know, we, we have a lot of empathy because um, they're facing already, forget about insurance, they're facing, you know, 
rapidly rising costs. These, this is a growth industry, hiring people, building out, investing in the business, investing in the production capacity or the retail capacity or whatever it may be. All these costs are up front now. Revenues are not there. And this is a real, you know, once upon a time, it was a liquidity crisis, a cash crisis. Now it's a, it's a solvency crisis. Um, so it's, it's very challenging. And then I feel bad because then I come in with their insurance, for example, you know, that's our profession and, and the insurance rates are, are going up or the directors and officers, which you and I have talked about is going up. And, um, uh, it's, it's, it's very difficult. I believe we will get through this. Um, we are all in this together as an industry. I mean, we, we think of different players as competitors. Um, and, and, but, but really, this is such a fast-growing pie that I think there's enough pie to go around. Um, and and it's, we, I think we will get through it, uh, I'm hopeful, as an industry, together. Yeah. It is, is it the case, Stephen, I would ask you, that uh, every day that goes by where the industry is operating in some sort of normalcy across these states, big MSOs or, or small companies, that more information is known about the industry, therefore the insurance side of it becomes, I don't know, right sized or right priced based on sort of data and analytics that, that happen over time. Am I wrong in saying that in my naive way? No, you're absolutely right. And I would say the numbers, the actuarially, the numbers from the law standpoint haven't been there. Like from a worker's compensation in the States, we have that if an injured employee is hurt, we haven't seen the, the data to like push these high rates. So we're starting to see good trends. So you're going to start seeing some carriers kind of jump and put their foot in there because there's premium to be made. The carriers want that. And you've got a governance side of it. These, these companies are all going through hoops to, to make sure that they're compliant and you've got cameras everywhere. So it's a very good thing. To, it's a very good insurance risk. It's interesting because uh, we, we've had this conversation over time, Mert, that, that, that sort of early days, certainly even on the Canadian side, but in the US, that it is a, you know, that is one of the key uh, factors there's not enough time on task really like time in business to actually get get in get get enough data and analytics around it but but every day that goes on and we've seen this on even the sort of the public opinion side where the sky has not fallen it is not like life goes on these are really strong operators in many senses certainly the mso's in the states you know they are proving themselves every day and sort of as that goes on public opinion changes insurance changes operations change, normalization and banking, I think will happen. Legalization will be on the horizon as well. And I think that sort of as we continue this conversation over time, these are interesting things to talk about and sort of how it's impacting every part of the sector. Yeah. Well, no, I was just gonna say, you know, one other comment I would make is, it's really nice to work with these, these MSOs and these other people out there because they like what they're doing. And whenever you're around people who appreciate what they're doing and think they're right on the right side of it, it's amazing. Like it's. It, it, it's a factor that you can't make up. I mean, every time I'm there, you, you, the employees are happy to be there. It's a good thing. It's a great thing. Yeah, so. it's, it's interesting. It's like uh, we've had this talking about all facets of the industry that A, even though, you know, you said, Stephen, you've been in since 2013. Even that seems like a really long time. It's been seven years, right? So everybody is in some phase of startup from day one to, um, to, you know, to now, or to, like, is that, that's, that's the incredible part is everybody's some phase of that. Mert, I want to go to you because um, we're going to show something on screen now, which is a case study that, that you guys have put together, uh, sort of a solution, or Steven, a solution for, for what we've, uh, we've been talking about. Mert, do you want to talk through that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Um, yeah, absolutely. So this is one of the things that we're so excited about, Stephen. This, you know, this would not be possible without Stephen's and his team in, in Arizona's hard work um, with our with the client, which has U.S. operations. So we, Stephen and I, when we when we started collaborating together and working with this client, um, we said, you know, let's let's re let's reinvent the wheel. Like usually they say, don't don't reinvent the wheel, but we said let's reinvent the wheel because what's happening right now in, in cannabis for MSOs in particular is primarily state by state insurance. Um, so that's why earlier I said, you know, these guys had 45 different policies. They were nine different states. So they had five or six different policies in each state and five or six different bank accounts in each state and everything like that. So um, we did reinvent the wheel and we worked real hard. And um, we, we think we are one of the first to, to, to do this because it was so hard and all the insurance companies we went to hadn't done it before. So, uh, you know, based on that, I think, I don't think that it's been done too many times to really create a multi-state solution just like you would like normal, like a normal solution in any other industry. It's funny. Um, I'm, I'm up in Canada. I've been involved in like large global insurance policies for a, co a company within like 30, 40 countries. Um, and you have, you know, dozens and dozens of insurance policies in, in, in each country because it's required by law. So it, it's like that for an MSO. But instead of different countries, instead of like Greece and China, we're talking about Arizona and Massachusetts, uh, two of the greatest states in the union, uh, where you guys are from. And, um, <laughs> and um, so it, it posed a number of challenges, but and they weren't, you know, maybe the biggest problem, it comes down right now as a cash crunch, it's tough right now. So financially, perhaps the biggest high level impact was they had never been able to leverage their economies of scale. They're in all these states, but when you look at state by state, you don't look at the whole picture. You know, what would that be like if you're General Motors or something like that and you couldn't leverage your size? So um, we actually reduced their rate on sales for insurance by 70%. Uh, that was actually exceeded our expectations. We didn't, we, we were hoping to do it 50%. It ended up being like 70% reduction in the rate on sales. Uh, we were, we were, you know, phenomenally uh, happy as was the client. Um, but we reduced that, those 45 policies to five. They have five renewals now instead of 45. So I, I'm not exactly sure how much time that has saved them. But we think it saved them a lot of time because before it was a part-time job for just someone to stay on top of this. And the number of renewals um, and, and applications. Stephen, how long is the average application for a, one state in, um, in, 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 in the cannabis sector? Yeah, I mean, typically, just depending on the program, it's at least 10 pages. So yeah. the factors of the time savings for the client, again, they're not going to miss the renewal. They're not going to be last minute. Nobody likes to do things last minute. And, I, and I'd end with, you know, the underwriting process is always good information. And when you're rushed to do something, it's just going to hurt your underwriting process. The underwriters love information. And the more accurate you can give them in a nice little box is, is a better thing for them. They're going to give you a better result. And the client knows what they're purchasing. It's, it's a win-win. Sounds like it. I think anytime you go from 450 pages to, to 50, that's, exactly. a good, that's a good run. Exactly, exactly. And we helped them. We really worked very hard and put a lot of blood, sweat and tears helping them behind the scenes build their own database. So for every location now, they can tell you, okay, well, this one's, this one's got a safe, this one's got an armed, armed uh, guard, this one has this much growing stock, like they, they're able to know all of that. Um, and we, we help them build that to, to report to the insurance companies. Um, so now they're able to, they're able actually to do risk management, governance, uh, look at their standards and what's an outlier on an enterprise scale. So that's their work. But 
but it's, it's part of risk management and insurance. And we were part of that team and we're really proud to, to have helped them do that. And we would like to help other people do that because it's useful. Um, and one of the other things is you might think, well, you, you cut their rates by 70%. That's good, but that's probably like bare bones coverage. And in, in fact, it's not. And for the first time, this company now has consistent products liability coverage across all states for the first time, as well as they never before had a loss of profit coverage, as well as they never had crop coverage for growing stock, biological assets, and finished good. They never had those coverages in any of those states. So we're so proud to have helped them not only improve their coverage in critical areas, these aren't frills, Right. Those are critical areas. Product liability is critical. If someone gets alleges to have gotten hurt or fall down or something from smoking or consuming the product um, and, and the, the rate reductions and Stephen, maybe you can talk a little bit about the, the standardized coverages, which I think your team has just done a phenomenal job on. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to thank my team as well. I mean, we've got, it's not just me. I mean, I've got three people on the team just for this one client as well as all clients that are, of size and you know it's about nurturing these clients they're in a new risk as well they're in the business of risk think about this i mean typically most of these companies that are new they lose their bank or those kind of factors are in there which is just kind of wrong and then they you know the, the 280e is an issue with the tax issue that they've got so they're taking risks every day it's really about our job just to protect those assets the best we can and pick the right kind of carrier for them to make sure that again, I'll, I'll end with, there's only one answer and it's it's covered, <laughs> Mr. Because I've been on the other side of that and it's not a pretty picture, you know, you, you don't wanna squirm in your chair or anything like that. We all wanna be comfortable in our position. We've got professionals working with USI. We've teamed with a good guy like Mert in Canada at Purvis Redmond. And you know, I'm just very proud of, of the work that we're doing and continue to do in the cannabis space. Yeah, it, it, this, is a, this is an enlightening conversation because I think it's, it's, of course, about complexity and cost um, and, and, and sort of time and renewals and all the things that are now cost and, and in the future. But, but thinking about sort of approaching it, not to sound corny, but like as a team and as a partner is actually what many of these companies need, certainly in early days and as they scale and grow. And I think um, you guys have shown that in the case study and sort of obviously and the working relationship you guys have. So we really appreciate you sharing all this with us sharing the case study, sharing your sort of thoughts about where the industry has been and is going, because I think it's really enlightening for the industry to hear that um, and to sort of understand sort of coverages and, and, and who to call, <laughs> right, when, when they have questions, because I think that's the most important thing is having someone to actually call and certainly calling you, Stephen, and you, Mert, is going to be on, on, certainly on people's horizon, and we encourage them to do that. So thanks, guys, for sharing your time. Great thanks, to be here. Appreciate your time. Have a good day. You too.